0: live from Lisbon. This is the Twilight Show with Lucy Newberger.
1: Good evening everybody I'm back. Um, sorry I'm late this evening. few technical issues but we are back in business.
0: Live from Lisbon, this is The Twilight Show with Lucy Newberger on Teachers Talk Radio. Tune in live at ttradio.org or to join in the conversation, download the Podbean app and search Teachers Talk Radio. Follow the hashtag TTRadio. Tune in, talk it out with Teachers Talk Radio.
1: Good evening everybody. It is Lucy Newberger here with you. I'm back after a two-week hiatus. Feels like a long time since we last got together and, and talked it out as it were. So uh, I'm very relieved to be back. Um, with a with a fantastic new jingle that you just heard. So thank you very much to Graham for that. He uh, it does have one of those wonderful radio voices. So I'm very much enjoying that. Thank you very much for finally giving me my own personalised jingle. I shouldn't be as excited as I am by that, but I really, truly am. So we are live. We are going to get going this evening. Um, we have a little bit less time than I would want due to due to some technical hitches, but we are going to crack on and press on. Uh, So this evening's show, we are going to be talking about teacher martyrdom and why we do this as teachers. So before we get into that, we're going to do a very, very quick rundown uh, of the week, and then we're going to get into it. So uh, where have I been? What have I been doing for the last two weeks since I sat with you? Well, I popped back to the UK over half term, as I told you all, I was doing right up until I actually went. So I went to my first live comedy show since the the start of this whole COVID debacle, and um, being back in the UK was was strange for for a number of reasons. Um, certainly, being uh, in a country where the mask situation is is very different to, to Portugal, um, it was very strange to. Be wandering around and seeing people without masks on, and to also be in a what was a packed uh, event in Apollo in mm. Hammersmith uh, for, for the show that I went to, and again nobody in in masks. It was it was very strange indeed. But uh, anyway, um, managed to get to and from uh, the UK without being pinged, without any hitches, any airport debacles, all the right films, uh, films forms. Uh, were filled in and uh, yeah actually very very smooth sailing so if you are planning to travel uh, in the next few weeks um, all I would say to you is make sure your passenger locators are filled out and uh, that's really if you're double vaccinated that's really all you need to do so that was fantastic. Um, What else has happened? Oh, yeah, I um, (laughs) I went on my first school trip today, which is the first time again, first kind of proper one really I've been on since I've been in my current job. So today, uh, we had a glorious day in Lisbon with year five, we took them to walk along the aqueduct in Lisbon, which is a fantastic piece of architecture, if you get a chance to to look it up, and you get views all over uh, Lisbon on on both sides, we walk down one way and back the other. And just uh, incredible to hear the history of uh, how water was used and distributed in Lisbon. Uh, Really interesting, because actually, despite being surrounded by water uh, with with the river and with uh, the Atlantic Ocean, Lisbon's water supply hasn't always been straightforward. But that's a whole other discussion for another, another day. But definitely very interesting to learn a bit more about the city and the surrounding area that I've been living in for a little over a year now. Um, the children really enjoyed it. They were they were beautifully behaved. And it was yeah, it was it was lovely for for all involved. We did have a bit of a debacle because we were meant to go to uh, hop back on the, the coach that we'd hired to go on to the water museum, which was at a slightly different venue to the aqueduct and uh, I was chatting away to my partner teacher. We were on the coach, thinking, "Oh yeah, he's just going on the on the highway because it'll it'll be a bit quicker." And we started seeing signs for Cascais, Estoril, near where school is. And we thought, "Well, hang on a minute, we're we're going a bit far away from Lisbon now." And it transpired that the driver thought we were going back to school straight after the aqueduct uh, instead of onto the water museum. So we very quickly turned him around and sent him back in the right direction meanwhile we had parent helpers in cars following us uh, who were very confused as to what was going on and funnily enough one parent got so hacked off with proceedings that he disappeared halfway through the trip today he decided we'd uh, that he'd had enough and that he was going to be dropped off at a service station and go off for lunch with friends so we we lost one parent helper but mercifully no children And (laughs) managed to get successfully back to school with uh, all children still, with with the same number of children that we started out with, which is always a good result from any school trip, I feel. Um, What else have we been up to or have I been up to? Um, I've also been enjoying some podcasts, but I thought um, I'd recommend very quickly um, a list of ones I've been actually catching up with because I never have time anymore. It seems like I'm either working... Uh, hosting this wonderful show, or gallivanting around doing something, so I rarely get time to uh, to catch up with my uh, beloved long lists of podcasts. So, um, just quickly, I would thoroughly recommend if you have a chance and are looking for something new to listen to, um, ask Eliza anything, which is hosted by the comedian who I saw in London. Uh, she's brilliant. She's great fun. She has a very sharp um, outlook on life. She's, uh, she's one of those people who, or one of those women rather, who prides herself and she says regularly, she says, being pro-woman is not about being anti-man. So it's, it's a kind of a, a brand of feminism that I very much get on, get on board with, which is, which is great. Um, if you are a diehard foodie like I am, um, and you, you love your grub, then Table Manners with Jessie Ware is uh, one I've been catching up with, fantastic chatter. Uh, it's a mother and daughter, and they have a great time um, interviewing everybody. I mean, celebrities, politicians, all sorts. They invite them around for dinner, and it's just a bit like a hug in a podcast. So that's also great. Um, Catherine Ryan's telling everybody everything. Uh, again, another woman with a very uh, witty and sharp outlook on life, Um you kind of see a theme in these podcasts they're all sort of strong hosted by strong women which is great um so that's another fantastic one if you're looking for something just it's just general chatter and sort of you know pontificating and pondering on life uh much like i do on this show uh, and then the final recommendation for now is something is a new one to me which is the flip side with paris lee's um, and she hosts an incredible, incredible podcast where she talks to different people about um, stories or about things they've been through in life, whether it's um, addiction or whether it's, um, I can't remember what the other one I listened to was, uh, to do with, oh yeah, learning languages and losing your native language when you move somewhere else. Lots and lots of different things to to listen to there. And, um, so that's that Uh, so happy listening and uh, if you have any podcasts you want to recommend to throw my way please let me know not that i have time to listen to them but i will add them to the list in the hope that i will get a chance to on a run or when i have some downtime. so always looking for for those as well as always don't worry i haven't forgotten i am continuing probably in vain, to plug my What's For Dinner feature, uh, Eleni, my dear best friend who I stayed with in the UK, um, has as always got in touch with me and said she is making her own Thai curry, Thai green curry tonight with all the chilli, ginger and garlic and I think the reason she has said that to me is because I for a while strongly believed that if I ate a certain amount of chili, ginger and garlic, um, that I would ward off COVID. And for a while, I think it it did work. But then, unfortunately, as I think I've mentioned before, COVID caught up with me in January of this year. Uh, so yes, perhaps don't take my recommendation on, on that one. Uh, Lawrence, friend of the show, hi Lawrence, uh, is back in touch to say he's having homemade chicken curry, which he batch made on the weekend because he is one of those incredible people that seems to find time to batch cook. I mean, bless you, because I don't I don't know how you managed to do that, but uh, maybe I should organise my life better. But, uh, you know, we live in hope that one day I will do these things. So that is a very quick rundown of all things going on um, in my life and the world around me. I think we should have some news and then we will get into what we are talking about this evening.
0: This is Teachers Talk Radio and this is Teachers Talk Radio News.
2: This is your latest Teachers Talk Radio news with Gail Glen. A new documentary will follow primary and secondary schools in Nepal and Scotland as they join forces to learn from each other and tackle climate change. Into Film Scotland and Chapromo Studios in Nepal will film the documentary, which will focus on the experiences which each have had of climate change using an interdisciplinary approach. Students are conducting research by testing air and water pollution, CO2 levels, temperature and rainfall, as well as undertaking litter analysis and assessing biodiversity. Acting principal teacher at Stobhill Hill Primary in Midlothian, Donna Hanley said, The project enabled pupils to learn about climate change in a real-life context. She said, with COP26, it is imperative that we make use of the Connecting the Climate Challenge programme and maintain this momentum to build on people's understanding and motivation to protect our planet for our future generations. Retired teacher Carolyn Coster from Bradford is taking her dog who has been assessed by the charity Pets as Therapy into schools to help children with their reading. The head teacher of Meppershall Academy said it has been amazing having Mrs Coster and Duke into school. She said lots of children struggle with reading. It's very difficult for them to read in front of people but for some reason when they read to the dog All that stress is taken away from them and it really supports them with their learning. Mrs Coster lost her hands and feet after Covid led to sepsis in March 2020. This has been your daily education news briefing.
0: Need support with your phonics teaching? Did you know Oxford University Press now has three DfE-validated programs to help you? Read Write Inc. Phonics, Floppy's Phonics and the brand new Essential Letters and Sounds. Essential Letters and Sounds will get all your children reading well, quickly, using phonics books you may already have in your classroom. Developed by the Knowledge Schools Trust English Hub, it's affordable, easy to use and makes teaching phonics with letters and sounds more effective. Whatever your school's phonics needs, Oxford has the solution. To find out more and receive support from your expert local educational consultant, visit OxfordPrimary.com forward slash phonics.
1: Welcome back to The Twilight Show. You're with me, Lucy Newberger. And during the news, I had a a wonderful message come in. I'm sorry, I don't know who you are because your name's come through in some sort of um, letters and numbers code. But uh, pregnancy means I'm allowed cake for dinner. Um, We've made a take on carrot cake, sounds fantastic, but using pumpkin, very seasonal. Um, Yet to have any yet, but we'll keep you updated. Please do, cake for dinner gets my vote for sure right okay let's get into it this evening then so as always um when i well i say always most of the time when i choose a topic for this show it's usually uh related to um something i've been through a friend's been through something i've sort of heard about there's a story attached to it. Um, and so I hear an audible groan. Oh no! More Lucy story time. But stick with me on it because I think um, as we as we go through this evening, you will experience a variety of emotions as I did when researching this topic. So I, when I started looking looking into the idea of teacher martyrdom, I thought to myself, well why is that even a a, a phrase what, what how did this even come into 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 the language and so i started doing a, a bit of googling a bit of research and i stumbled across a variety of different articles on this on teacher illness on uh, our well-being And uh, as always, I will try and desperately remember to put these in the show notes. But uh, I came across an article written by Dave Speck in 2019, um, and it quotes some research from the Education Support Partnership uh, that said, almost half of classroom teachers in England always feel compelled to go to work when feeling unwell, compared with just a quarter of workers in other industries. Why? Why is this happening? This seems unbelievable to me. So uh, I dug a bit deeper and I thought you know has this has this happened to me in a in a personal capacity and and why do I want to explore this a bit further and I think the most recent example for me was uh when I was feeling quite rough a few weeks ago at school um sore throat headache felt just just a bit under the weather and I was sort of scrunched up in my chair desperately trying to teach i think it was kensuke's kingdom teach some english i was i can't even remember and i i didn't look great i was a bit pale and i was croaking away and i thought you know what come on lucy come on miss newberger you've just got to get through the day You, you can do it like it's it's fine these kids are relying on you they need you to kind of get through this it's it's easier to just get through the day um and uh there I was just looking horrendous, really trying to kind of power on through. And before I knew it, uh, both year three teachers, who I think were having their PPA time, one of which is actually the lower key stage two leader, came marching into my classroom and said to me, uh, Ms. Newberger, you are going home beg your pardon, uh, I'm in the middle of a lesson here. Uh, What on earth do you think you're doing? Um, And uh, Kat, who is the lower key stage leader, said to me, don't worry, I've taught I've taught uh, this, it's actually her planning. Um, I've taught this English before, just tell me where you're at, and and we'll sort it for you. And before I knew it, she had taken over my lesson, uh, and had carried on and I had been marched downstairs by the other year three teacher and sent home. But Again, why did I not just take the day off? Why did I not just think to myself, do you know what? I feel rubbish. I feel terrible. I could just text my head teacher and say, I, I can't do it today. But that's not how we think, is it? It's not what we teachers do. And it's not the first time that I have uh, been uh, chief martyr, oh no, no, that is one of, uh, one of uh, several occasions where I have definitely held the martyr mantle, as it were. Um, one of the other occasions was when I still worked in the UK and uh, I was bent double with a bladder infection. And I thought to myself, no, again, just just get through the day, just get through the day. And those of you who have suffered with bladder infections know all too well the absolute eye-watering, pain that that comes with those and um, actually the the head teacher in that school wasn't at all sympathetic and she asked me if I could get through the rest of the day and really was it that bad well it turned out that yes it was and a a hefty dose of antibiotics later uh, I did uh, make a full recovery but again I sit and I look back on that and I think what on earth was I doing why on earth did I not just take the morning off even the morning off and go to the doctor and deal with it but the worst story of all has to be when um i had crippling stomach cramps and not only that i then they were so bad that whilst on the phone to triple one nhs triple one in the toilet at school i then fainted um whilst on the phone to this poor person who must have thought i was on death's door i mean they they were fantastic to be fair to nhs triple one they were very very good with me because they could clearly uh they clearly knew something was very very wrong with me not only did i pass out in the uh in the lewitt school i then managed to hobble to the staff room where the deputy head at that particular school said to me oh you're clearly not very well do do you think you should go home yes i think i should go home i mean I, i couldn't even stand i drove myself home yeah drove myself home and i made an emergency doctor's appointment and managed to to recover from that the doctor wasn't sure what it was but it was certainly frightening enough to to freak me out quite significantly and there's me thinking oh well you know these stories that i'm sharing are are pretty bad you know i i've i've kind of i've definitely uh been a been a bit of a martyr here you know i really should have should have learned my lesson but then I put it out to the rest of you in the Twitter sphere, and goodness me, I was shocked, appalled, I mean, dare I say I mean in some cases, you did i mean so shocked that I did laugh because I was sort of thinking to myself, the things that us teachers put ourselves through because we're worried about um we're worried about taking time off and I'm just going to take you through a few of these because I think it is important that we highlight the degree to which we are willing to suffer practically you know almost be on death's door in order to go to work and these are stories let me bear in mind Let will let you bear in mind as well that I've never heard in any other profession this is these are all coming from teachers so um a dear old friend actually got in touch who was on my original degree course with me. His one was dislocated kneecap. Um, he wasn't sure that it was dislocated at the time. And then the swelling really began. And I'm sure Rob uh, won't mind me telling the, the world this because it is on Twitter. He had to be helped out of his trousers before a trip to A&E uh, that same lunchtime. So that's a great one for you. Um... Miss N got in touch to say that she was taken to hospital by a collie because she was doubled over with an inflamed gallbladder. Um, so that's another one. Um, her life story said uh, she tried to go back to teaching a week after having pneumonia and it didn't go so well. I can't imagine it did. Um, oh, This is another great one. My husband fell off his bike. So this is Vicky. Um, My husband fell off his bike on the way to school, got a massive hole in his elbow, bad cuts on his stomach. And he texted me from school saying ow, ow, ow all through the day. It took the caretaker telling him to go to the hospital to actually go. Now, why is it and I'm sure, and I'm, you can't generalize here, and you can't say that all management in schools are terrible, but there are some occasions where you think, where on earth was the phase leader, the key stage two leader, the, I mean, I know that it's not necessarily that, and we'll come back to this sort of towards the end of the show, when we talk about whose responsibility is it to look after us. But where are the, the the fellow teachers, the head teacher, sort of saying, you know, come on now, maybe you shouldn't be here. You know, yes, of course, when teachers take time off, we we know it's an inconvenience. We we that's why we don't we don't go home. We know that it's a faff to set work for another teacher. We know that it's expensive to call supply teachers in. All this we're aware of, but surely that is secondary to someone who is clearly in pieces either you know metaphorically or actually so well caretaker honestly um what else um oh pippa um dragged herself to work with a cough and feeling generally grim when she was pregnant cut a long story sh- short it resulted in an emergency delivery two months premature had pneumonia and pre um, never lived down calling it man flu. And again, I think we we as teachers do this as well. We kind of we uh, sort of say, oh, no, 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 I'm fine. It's just a tickle. It's just a cough. It's just a bit of stomachache. And then you go to the doctor and you find out, well, as Pippa found out that she was not very well at all. Clive, um, and let's and can I just also say that the men are just as bad as the women, uh, if not worse. With this uh, broken ribs happened at school, managed three days convincing myself that they were just bruised. NQT to induction was touching. see. I shouldn't be like this is what I mean. It shouldn't be laughing. NQT induction was touch and go for a while. Six weeks off um and i think i said back to him oh yeah trouble with ribs there's nothing you can do if your ribs are cracked or or broken there's there's no way to to heal those quickly other than just out and out rest so no wonder he had to take so long off oh this one made me wince uh rebecca j fletcher messaged me to say a disc that hadn't just slipped Uh, in her back it had popped out of her spine and lodged itself against her sciatic nerve kept going to school when she couldn't even stand up uh, until she had spinal surgery Um, and the end comment to that was I want a medal I think she deserves more than that because my goodness me I mean I don't know about the rest of you but having suffered from sciatica uh, in the past and that was painful enough I couldn't um, stretch out my left leg for the entire first half of the first lockdown." And that was painful enough, but to uh, pop a disk entirely. goodness me, uh what else have we got? Oh, this is um Tabitha uh, a fellow a fellow t t r host. She got in touch with me to say, um her mother worked through registration and period one before going to the nurse and finding out she was in the middle of a cardiac arrest i mean this just blew my mind more than I can tell you. Um, 11 stents and two months later, she went back to work. Um, I don't know whether I am horrified by that or incredibly uh, impressed, Uh, you be the judge. And of course, what I should say uh, to you is if you want to uh, add your stories in and share them with me at any point during the show, please do because as much as we are you know, having a bit of a laugh and a joke here, there there is a serious element to this show, believe it or not, because I think, you know, just listening to these stories and hearing them and bringing to life the fact that these things are going on every single day in schools, well, all over the UK and probably around the world. So please do get involved and please do share your stories because I think it is very important, first and foremost, to highlight the fact that we're going to school we're getting through our day with not just a bit of a a sniffle or a cough or a cold there are people going through uh absolute hell on earth I mean my my goodness me what else have we got let's have a look um Louise Ward uh a crippling MS relapse post Ofsted I mean goodness me I mean we know that Ofsted is is very very stressful but uh to 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 trigger a relapse of ms that's very serious oh i Staly staley i think that is 72 uh has commented to say that i have chronic migraines and if i took a day off every time i'd be off anywhere between one and three times a week and that again is is i suppose uh first of all thank you for sharing but that i think is a is a difficult one as well because when you do suffer from chronic illness, um, and I have friends who do it's it's difficult to gauge when it's bad enough to to warrant time off and I suppose that's where you know self-regulation comes in, and we we have to assess ourselves and and decide whether you know is it bad enough to warrant the time off but again, you know i don't know how the rest of you feel about this. Would you argue that if you are Really feeling that unwell? Should you be going to work? Should you be suffering through it? But uh, you know, we can we can talk about that some more as we go through. Um, oh abdominal pain linked to endometriosis so uh ladies uh you'll be familiar with with this um the friday this is from mina the friday went progressive uh was progressively getting worse and worse bleeding intensified so much that after last lesson i stood up and blood pooled at my feet school called an ambulance and i stayed in hospital for three weeks i mean uh, again that was another story where i i, I sat from him and i thought well I mean, I can't actually repeat on the radio the words that came into my head, but you can only imagine the the thoughts that are going through my through my mind as I'm reading these and thinking, what on earth is going on here? The fact that uh, this woman was in so much pain and going through so much at that given time, but still didn't didn't feel that she could, you know, get up and, and go home. Um, Lawrence, friend of the show, has commented in to say that last comment regarding mi- uh, migraines, migraines. I don't know how pe- I know people say it in different ways. Reminds me of my show. Oh yes, of your show, Lawrence. Um, that resulted in brain surgery within 24 hours. Yes, I remember you you talking, Lawrence, very openly uh, about that. Um, and it just goes to show that uh, a headache isn't necessarily just a headache. So thank you for for sharing as as well. It can result in in things that are incredibly serious um what else have we got oh gosh there's so many of these i mean we won't go through all of them um, this one from eleanor ridley did make me uh that's uh, not rigby as in the Beatles song ridley um she had a stomach ulcer and carrying a table someone asked her if she was okay because it was banging into her ankle uh she'd been enjoying the distraction from a pain in her stomach i mean again stomach muscles are very serious should not be laughing at all but uh the fact that you know a table banging into your ankle is is a distraction from something like that is is horrendous i mean these stories uh these stories, I mean, uh, they just continue. I mean, some some you can have a giggle at and some I'm just absolutely mortified by it. Here's, here's one that will uh, <laughs> lighten the mood a bit. And I hope um, Nicola van der Laan won't, won't remind me <laughs> sharing this one. Uh, she stood on a chair at school to reach a blind, stepped back on a roll of art paper. You're getting kind of comedy, sort of cartoon vibes in your head already. Um, landed on her back, thought she'd done damage to her ankle. Elbow also hurt, so kept it bent. Carried on teaching for the rest of the day. At the end of the day, tried to straighten my elbow. Agony, I had broken it. Um, Not a shock there, I don't think. But, uh, goodness me. Um... What else have we got? I, Mrs. Brightside, had a heart attack at school last September, was covering EYFS and made sure all the children were matched to the correct parent, went to be sick in the bin, another one who drove herself home, uh, and asked to be taken to hospital. Not proud of myself, but I'm fine now, stress-related. Goodness gracious me. Um, Tabitha again, this time with a personal story. Um, Parents evening with hyperglycemia as low as 2.1 and as high as... Unreadable on her glucose meter, and I actually asked her. I said, "Well, what, Tabitha, what do you do at that point when you're when you come when you're that far up the the hypoglycemic scale, if there is such a thing?" Uh, you know wh- where do you go um and apparently the solution to that uh, in true teacher martyrdom fashion stuff my face with glucose tablets whilst mumbling at parents in the first instance and in the second fall asleep sitting up with my eyes open fun um now tabitha i don't know if you can blame that on the hyperglycemia or just the fact that parents evening once you're a few hours in is well deeply dull as we all know um There was a, oh, I should say this one comes with a little bit of a gory warning. um, Involved waking up feeling dodgy but dutiful soldiering on. Again, that's a phrase we hear an awful lot, isn't it? The idea of soldiering on, powering through, getting on with it. These are all terms, again, that we... Here in teaching but we don't really seem to hear anywhere else uh i mean correct me if i'm wrong but it's all that kind of come on you can do it let's power through it's it's easier to do that than it is to do you know to for the alternative and uh it irritates me to tell you the honest truth it really does annoy me i don't know if any of you share the same irritation of it's almost i mean would i say it's patronizing I suppose it can be, yes, because whilst people, and I think people who say it, when you say it to yourself, and when you say it to other people, you're not trying to be patronising, you're not trying to kind of help them to lose the will to live even more than they probably already are, if they're, you know, struggling at work on, on any given day, but it does it does make me a bit kind of oh you know i know and i'm struggling and i'm and i'm having a, a tough day because i feel dreadful but really you know i do just want to crawl into a hole and, and and be left alone and i know that you're coming from from the highest light and from a from a great place but actually you know i really just would rather you didn't say that to me um and Dorian has rightly said, yes, more work to to stay at home than to, than to than to go in, and this is this is the main problem that we have here, um, with with all of this. So just to finish uh, that particular story, I got sidetracked as I as I invariably do during this show. So, um, where do we get to? Um, Spare the gory details, but involved waking up and feeling dodgy but dutiful, as we sometimes do, soldiering on through sudden intense pain after getting in a cab to the hospital with a burst ovarian cyst. I mean, again, um, the 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 women amongst us will uh, probably be wincing just as much as I did with with that one. Um, uh holly king Mand uh, has uh, also got in touch uh, sudden st- very striking rash all over her face whilst heavily pregnant but her s l t mercifully were were kind enough to to send her home so that's that's great um oh another one um alex jiggins he collapsed onto a library sofa with exhaustion in brackets burnout, which I think increasingly certainly uh this this academic year and again um we have sort of touched on this in, in I think other hosts have touched on this in in different in different shows, I think I've touched on this, that this academic year so far, um, I think is the closest I've been to uh, a form of burnout in a in a very long time. And I think there are definitely other teachers out there who would agree with that. And whether that's linked to coming back post COVID, the fact that, um you know, getting back to normal in inverted commas, um, trying to uh look after children um i mean of course we look after them emotionally mentally as you know as well as academically all of the time but i think that has been an added layer certainly uh this year because it's it's the first year of sort of normal schooling that some of these children have had um well that all of these children have had um uh, in in over two years and again uh, i've touched on this before where i've said that my current year five class the last uh, normal school year they had was was year two so I'm not saying that they're still mentally year two but when you've missed out on that socialization and that schoolwork, that all impacts teachers as well as the children and the just the level of energy that's going into this academic year does feel like a uh, you know, we need to look after ourselves even more even more, and we need to be more acutely aware of of where we're at with our with our health, physically, mentally, etc. And I think what's funny in all of this, and actually I was chatting to my my partner teacher today about this on on the coach on the way back from the trip, it's funny because the whole martyrdom thing with with us teachers almost flipped on its head during COVID. It was almost as if as soon as you so much as coughed. Uh, you, you were told to, you know, you know, you must go home. You can't be here. You must go home so much as a as a slight raising temperature. No, 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 you must, must go. And uh, I have to say, um, as a kind of side joke, which I am going to share with you, because, you know, being a primary teacher, I do have the mind of a child. I do think, uh, often think, you know, what a time to be alive, where um, it's, uh, you become more of a pariah now, if you cough in public than if you fart. So there you go that's my gift to you today we live in a world where actually uh it's probably less offensive to fart than it is to cough so yeah anyway back to the to the matter in hand um and to alec jiggins's story so he collapsed onto a library sofa with exhaustion or burnout um whilst doing learning walks oh deep joy um speaking of those um we'll talk about those actually because libby uh, is going to be touching on observations later on in her show after me but we'll come back to that later apparently he waved a cleaner over whispered fetch the deputy sat smiling at everyone walking past deputy arrived said i would pulled my back got help to my feet put in a taxi and went to the clinic, where I sincerely hope, Alec, that you got signed off, but I, I don't think I heard any more on, on that story. Uh, but he did leave me a, a lovely quote, which said, um, you are totally replaceable at work, you're not replaceable at home. Home is your real life, keep that perspective. And I think that's incredibly important to uh, to remember that and to understand that actually, um when we are sort of talking about this you know both in a sort of slightly jokey and in a serious capacity that actually that that's what this boils down to isn't it is that ultimately when we go home that 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 is our real life work and teaching is only it's not who we are in our entirety and i know for some people teaching is life but for the vast majority of us it's only part of who we are and i think that also is is part of the issue yet again it's it's the fact that it's one of these professions that if you allow it um can become all encompassing but in the wrong way of course it's you know we 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 put a lot of energy and a lot of a lot of our lives into into what we do we wouldn't we wouldn't be teachers if we didn't love it if we didn't want to look after children educate them be there for them Um, we just we just flat out wouldn't wouldn't get up in the morning wouldn't do it but at the same time there has to be a point where you step away and where you say actually it's me time now and this again is I think drilled into us from a from an early point in, in teaching is that actually you know you are secondary now you are you are not as you know your life doesn't really factor in anymore. Actually your life is is teaching. And I think there there is there are schools that 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 do perpetuate that. And I think there are schools that that don't and that are better than than that. But the fact that we are still sitting having this conversation in 2021 would suggest to me that you know we we still have a huge problem on our hands. Um, so thank you, Alec, for that. Uh, what other stories have we got? I mean, they're just, these go on and on and on. Uh, Heidi Drake fell over and hurt her foot when marking 11 plus papers for school. Worked through four hours of intense pain. Turned out I'd broken my fifth metatarsal. Six hours later, had my leg in plaster due to the nature of the break. Was on crutches the next day. Now, I don't know if that meant she went back to work after that or whether she uh, was hobbling around home. Um, So yes, more and more, stories that just i mean there's there's so many that that have come through and uh (laughs) oh um bisayo i'm sorry if i've butchered your name there it's more of a problem when you cough in public than when you than when you fart oh that made her laugh (laughs) yes i'm glad i'm glad you enjoyed that and i'm so sorry if i completely mispronounced your your name there um so um i'm going to after some adverts i'm going to sort of talk about okay so we've we've shared the stories we we know that these um martyrdom uh martyrdom acts exist we know that um we can all think of at least one occasion where we have gone into school persevered uh in school when we shouldn't have but what i want to talk about uh, in a moment is well how did we end up here how did we end up in a situation where so many of us suffer in silence what is it about teaching or about the environments that we are in, that is allowing this to still continue, that is allowing for us to believe that actually, you know, suffering is, is better than, than taking a, a day off. Going into school is always going to be a better option than taking time for ourselves, whether it's for physical health reasons or mental health reasons. So we will come back to that in a moment.
0: Need support with your phonics teaching? Did you know Oxford University Press now has three DfE-validated programs to help you? Read Write Inc. Phonics, Floppy's Phonics and the brand new Essential Letters and Sounds. Essential Letters and Sounds will get all your children reading well, quickly, using phonics books you may already have in your classroom. Developed by the Knowledge Schools Trust English Hub, it's affordable, easy to use and makes teaching phonics with letters and sounds more effective. Whatever your school's phonics needs, Oxford has the solution. To find out more and receive support from your expert local educational consultant, visit oxfordprimary.com forward slash phonics.
1: You are back with me, Lucy Newberger. It's Tuesday's Twilight Show, and we are talking about teacher martyrdom. So before the ad break we were just starting to delve into how we've ended up with a situation where we still feel as teachers and it's an, I mean I I'm using a kind of universal we uh, I know there are people who don't feel like this but there are a lot of people who I have spoken to who have shared stories with me who do feel this way and who clearly have it ingrained in them that this is the way we need to proceed uh, so what is it? How in this profession have we ended up in a situation where we are, and let's be honest, it's not far off killing ourselves, really. I mean, it's, it's quite. I mean, just from some of those stories on a serious note, people have put themselves in quite dangerous situations, both physically and mentally. Um, so I I wanted to look into this, and I I did some research. And I found uh, an article that's actually, it's a little bit old, it it dates from 2014. Um, And I don't know if any of you are familiar with uh, the Guardian's Secret Teacher Series. Um, If you've not read any of these articles, I don't know if they're still being updated or not. But if you go back through, there are some incredible uh, stories from all across the teaching spectrum. So do check those out if you, if you get a chance. But a particular article from 2014 caught my eye uh, related to this topic and the headline is secret teacher the culture of fear in my school stops us taking sick leave and i thought culture of fear okay right so i read on and uh, it said do you realize this is the opening quote do you realize the impact your absence has on your students is the first thing the wellness at work panel say to me as I sit down, not are you feeling better. So already, you've got a a scenario there where someone is being begrudged for taking time off for whatever illness that they had. Um, And it goes on to say that she'd suffered from a virus, she was signed off, uh, she'd been sleeping all day. um, And this article then goes on to say, uh, to kind of talk about this back to work panel once once you've returned um i've run an analysis of your recent absences but i can't find any patterns i'm sorry i beg your pardon i'm i'm running to see if there's a pattern in your absences now i would understand if somebody had been had was te- was suddenly miss miraculously coming down with the sniffles every friday you, you'd start to think okay this person's taking the mickey here they just want to have a long weekend and of course you know Jokes aside, but we have all we have all thought about it, haven't we? Some of some of you may have uh, actually even done that. I'm not going to call you out. You do not have to admit to anything. But uh, I I know that at the very least, some of you have contemplated it, whether you have done it or not. Well, that is uh that is your business, my friends. <laughs> but back to uh, a more serious note continuing with this secret teacher article, um, it, it goes on to, to talk about just this, this culture of fear, this horrendous environment that this that this teacher worked in. Uh, things like parents are given staff email addresses and their phone numbers, so lines of communication with the school were always open. Whilst off six, staff were expected to reply to emails regardless of the severity of their illness. Parents' emails, although always marked urgent, aren't always a matter of life or death. Don't we know it um but for a teacher on the sickbed, even something mundane can get them embroiled in work, and this again is I think part of how we've ended up in this in this situation is that even if we are sick, even if we do actually get to the point where we go, do you know what i've gotta I've gotta just be at home like i can't I can't the thought of standing in front of a class, I just cannot do it, but of course you know, and with the with the modern day technology, like I have um, my school's Google chat on my phone, I have my email on my phone. uh, Because it's it's easier to and certainly when uh, the the, the rules we have at school for having our mobile phones on us is slightly is slightly different um so we constantly do have our phones on us and we were actually asked by our head teacher to make sure that we have the the chat app on our phone because uh the reasoning behind it was that uh using google chat is better than email and in some regards yes it is but it's also incredibly invasive it's also there the whole time there's constant notifications pinning pinging through and when you are you know um Pulled up in bed, and you're feeling like death, and you've still got things pinging through, it's very hard to just swipe them off and ignore them. Of course it is you want to, you know, you, you want to kind of see what's going on, you want to make sure everything's okay, you want to, you don't want to be in that situation where you kind of catastrophize in your brain and think, Oh, gosh, you know, did I did I leave everything in place for that cover teacher? Are they going to be okay? Are those children behaving ourselves is little um, is my resident so and so climbing the walls as usual? it's all these things. And it ends up with a situation where you might as well have gone into school because in your mind, your your mind's still at work, even though you are uh, sitting there suffering from whatever it is. Um, Lawrence has said, uh, Oh, was GDPR around in 2014 handing out numbers? Um, I actually don't know the answer to that, Lawrence, someone else might do though, I think I remember GDPR being quite being more recent than that. But um, yes i mean my i certainly um and i don't know about the rest of you but i certainly my uh class parents have ready access to to uh my email address and they email me morning noon and night the difference being that um i have a very strict nowadays i have a very strict policy of as soon as my front door closes and this is again this is actually a hugely hypocritical thing because in terms of work-life balance i'm very much you know I don't take books home when my door shuts at 5:30 I'm not answering your email till 8:30 the next day and it's taken me a long time to get to that position yet it doesn't kind of follow through with the whole illness aspect because although I'm very sort of you know church and state in terms of work and home generally I and again I think I don't know if any of you are like this But when it comes to being ill, it doesn't quite fit in with the same under the same well being umbrella, self care umbrella, whatever you want to call it. So I think, yes, we we live in a we live in a world now where it is 24 hour 24 hours a day, seven days a week because we have your parents, your class parents have they have your email address. Today, I um, I had to hand my phone number out to the parents that were coming on my school trip with me, and the mother who I handed them to jokingly said to me, "You know, I I, I will delete this afterwards. Don't worry, I'm not I'm not going to to hand it out to to the class WhatsApp group." And I stood there, oh, ha 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 But the fact that that's even a, a comment that needs to be made, or that she, I mean, she, it was tongue-in-cheek she was joking and actually she she's probably the one parent who i would trust not not to distribute it but it's it's the fact that that's even a, a topic of conversation where we think well hang on i'm giving you this out of necessity for for a trip and actually i do expect you to delete it straight afterwards because given half a chance and not all parents are like this um of course they're not but with some of them you give them an inch and you're meant to and again they and again, and again, and again, and again, they, they kind of encroach on things. And it's, it's sort of morning, noon, night, it's every day of the week. It's, and even when, even when you're off sick, well, why are you off sick? You know, how long are you going to be off sick? It's, it's, it's absolute madness, but I will share with you a tip actually that, uh, I say a tip, more a kind of, um, life lesson not even that but um the my old head teacher from my current school he said to me when replying to emails or when reading emails from parents and i don't know whether this is more of a maybe a international school private school type thing because we have parents who do have more time on their hands um again many of them do work but a lot of them don't um and he said always look at the timestamp on an email because if it's sent after a sort of certain time in the evening sort of eight nine o'clock at night there's every possibility that uh mum or dad who sent you a shirty email has had a few glasses of something so just be mindful about that before you send a an irate response back so do again do with that information as you wish But circling back to this secret teacher article, I mean, it just, it it goes on and on to to talk about more horrendous things uh, that happened to her in her time off. So whilst ill, she received emails from senior management telling me to call them immediately regarding a student, only to find out I didn't even teach them. I mean, for goodness sake. Um, They hadn't bothered to check. Uh, Just a whole host of, and again, I will post this, article for you to read at your at your leisure but uh, this last bit also caught my eye it said absenteeism can be lethal to a teacher's career especially if it's not managed properly by school leadership not only when requesting references for jobs at other schools but when applying for future roles with the same school management appear to be taking the easy option by sowing a culture of fear around teacher absence pressure to work through illness can sap teachers confidence to do their jobs properly and affect others in the department treating our absence with suspicion makes it much more likely that we will suffer from stress-related illnesses when we should be easing ourselves back into the job we love now that to me again is insane and further reiterates and builds upon what we've what we've talked about this evening which is so hang on a minute we're already at the point where we're not taking time off we're suffering in silence we're working ourselves mentally and physically into the ground and yet when we do take time off then we're so terrified of doing it so on top of the fact that we've had to we've had to leave a class for whatever reason we've had to set the work we've had to do whatever it is on top of that and then you know work on our own recovery and all the rest of it then to have the angst the possible anxiety of that going on your record and that then being affecting your career going forward i'm sorry i don't know about the rest of you but that is utter madness how have we got here what where are we allowing this to happen because the more this continues, the more I mean, we already know that certainly in the UK, there's a massive retention problem in teaching, there is I mean, recruitment is on the decline, we we know all these things. And it's probably or I think at least is due to stories like this that continually come out. But what happens is that I've got stories and articles dating back to only as far as 2014. But this has been something that has been ongoing and ongoing and it continually gets reported on it seems there are countless articles i mean you can google it you can find it on tes on the guardian um i've got an article here from itv about teachers being on their knees due to covid and flu outbreaks um just from october i mean there are so many of these reported articles research has gone into it so yes we know it's happening we are very, very acutely aware. We are living it every day. Those Twitter stories that I've shared with you, are your colleagues, are people in the next door classroom to you that are living this day in, day out. We know this is happening, but what are we doing about it? Piercing deafening silence. Yes, I thought so. We're not doing anything about it. That's the thing. So, well, where where do we go from here? I mean, it's 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 hard to know, and this is where I really had to sit down and think, "Well, where do we go from here? Yes, okay. We can find we can talk and talk and share stories, and we can continue to, you know, laugh, cry and everything in between about these stories that are happening. But what, we need to move forward, because this, this cannot continue uh, this culture of fear in, in some schools, this idea amongst so many of us in the in the oppression in the profession speak clearly (laughs) in the profession uh from those who are just starting out all the way through to those who've been teaching for years and years and years so i sat and i i had a ponder about this and again feel free to chime in any time with how you feel about this but who is it down to whose responsibility is it is it down to us to self-regulate Is it down to us to say, do you know what, enough's enough, I need to have a day off, two days off, be signed off, whatever it is, and actually, while I'm off, that's it. I'm not on call, I'm not on receive, I am going to bed, or I am going to do some work on myself, or whatever it is, or I'm going to see a doctor, therapist, whatever it is. And that is what I need to do right now, for me, and actually, the job has to take a back seat, that's it. So is that down to us or is it also the responsibility of management to actually be aware of what's going on in their schools, be aware of how their staff are, are doing and how they're doing as well? Because this also there are also countless stories of head teachers uh, who have absolutely hit the wall in, in a number of ways because no one's checking in on them either. So maybe it's you know, it's a it's a whole school thing where we do need to check on each other more, we do need to actually sometimes, maybe even sit a person down and say, you know, I maybe you know I'm worried about you. Maybe you need to you know have a, have a day or two off or, or whatever it is. But uh, it's it's hard to know because we all and I'm a great one for this where I think you're you know I I'm a grown up now. I can kind of I can self regulate. I can look after myself and. In many ways, I do. In many ways, you know, I'm a vaguely functional adult, you know, I go to work every day, I, I manage my life, I pay my bills, what have you. And, um, and, you know, I'm responsible for, for young children. And it's almost, I feel a kind of a hypocritical thing, if we're not self regulating, and we're not looking after ourselves, because that's what we're teaching every day, isn't it? In, in you know, different ways, shapes and forms is actually, you know, how to send people young people out into society how to look after themselves how to well not be a total uh hideous person you know all of these things and yet when it comes to ourselves we're not we're not practicing what we preach we're we're kind of burying our heads in the sand thinking oh well you know it's almost a kind of do as i say not as i do well if that's the attitude we're taking then we're in a bit of trouble i think my friends it's (laughs) that that's that's not going to be sustainable is it i mean it's 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 madness if we think that that that's going to be the idea going going forward um so i i don't really know what what the answer is in in terms of going forward maybe maybe there is it's sort of a a number of things maybe it is looking out for ourselves looking out for each other well-being and i (sighs) I never know how I feel about the idea of a well-being policy, because to me, that's something that's maybe a bit sort of this mandated, you know, this is how it has to be. But maybe there is a a scenario where schools have a a document or something that actually says, you know what, if you are unwell, if you cannot be in school for whatever reason, here is the contingency plan here is what happens and you know here are the rules in terms of contact in terms of what you what what you're allowed to do uh, and what you're not allowed to do while you're off because i think that there are schools and there are places that dare i say it are kind of making it up a bit and just it just goes to prove that in that uh in that secret teacher article that I shared with you where the expectation was well you know you're not in school but we're essentially going to treat you like you like you still are i mean that that cannot that's not sustainable that's not not the way forward so it's it's a it's a it's an ongoing ongoing discussion for for sure but uh I do think and of course you know we when we're when we're thinking about this and and thinking about solutions we I mean, I I know I do. I'm terrible for this. I go into sort of idealistic mode, which is uh, how I started my teaching career. And I do have sort of whimsical thoughts every now and again. <laughs> I do kind of, uh, in an ideal world. So in an ideal world, of course, whether we're primary, secondary or whatever, if we did need to take time off, there need, there would need to be uh, a ready sort of supply of, of cover teachers because whether they are in-house or whether it's supply teachers and of course again the difficulty we have here is that a lot of the time cover supervisors are drafted in last minute they're picking up sometimes or picking up plans if 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 uh, uh, a sick teacher's had time to deliver that or been asked to deliver that or they're having to you know do it on the hop um, and then there's obviously the case where a lot of schools and schools i've worked in they do not want to pay for a supply teacher absolutely not and they really only do it as a last resort but actually maybe there needs to be and again my idealism coming in maybe there needs to be budget for this there needs to be discussion about this there needs to be contingency plans in schools so that we're not ending up with a situation where teachers are pretty much i mean again jokes aside keeling over left right and center because they're feeling they have to be in school there in my mind there has to be another way but i think that it's it's still a conversation it's still a a kind of oh gosh you know isn't it terrible that teachers are so unwell and so sick and they're they're kind of they're leaving the profession yeah it is it's horrendous and it's still going on and we have been sinking for many 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 years and it's almost yes the boat is on fire yes the boat is sinking yes we're all kind of you know all over the place that's a very dark picture isn't it but it's it's there's no one that's willing to kind of come up with a plan there's no one that's willing to say you know what we need to we need to think about this differently. And of course, this is not just about teacher martyrdom, is it? This is a this uh, ends up being a, a much bigger picture that we're talking about. And we're talking about you know the problems with teaching more widely. But of course, as with many of these chats we've had, many of these conversations, it starts with a topic like teacher martyrdom, and where we end up is actually exploring something far greater and something much wider. And we end up coming to a to a situation where we think, "Okay, so here's all the information how are we gonna go how are we gonna go on from here uh lawrence um What are you saying there? You could be the most self-regulating person ever, Lucy, but if you work with an unwieldy SLT governance who scoff at any time off or illness, then you're fighting a losing battle. It starts at the top, in my opinion. I I agree, Lawrence. I, I, I do agree with you on that. I do think that one of the first things, certainly on any inset day at the start of the year, one of the first things that should be talked about is teacher well-being is you know what's in place for you if if things go wrong and I think actually even when you are being interviewed for jobs I think asking schools about their well-being policy guidance whatever you want to call it should be well up there on the list of questions but we don't ask about it I certainly never have I wouldn't dream of it in an interview but why wouldn't I dream of it are they really going to frown at me for asking what happens if if something goes wrong or if I need time off for whatever reason because of course in an interview you're wanting to to sort of say you know i will i will I will be a part of the school i I live and breathe uh the the ethos and this that and the other and of course you need to do that and of course that's the whole point, but at the same time you're also interviewing them you're also deciding whether you want to be part of that school and I think that schools in some respects, and certainly senior management, do need to do a better job of actually saying, do you know what, we are here for you, we do support you, and if things, if you, if you do end up needing time off, we're going to give you that, and we're going to make sure that you're not being asked to do, you know, email parents and set work and all the rest of it, and you come back when you are, when you are ready and fit to work again. So yes, I absolutely do appreciate that point. Oh wow, that's a, it's a lot to think about isn't it um i mean i don't i i sort of the more i think about this the more i i kind of go down into a bit of a not a negative spiral but just uh it's it's one of those things that is a uh, annoyingly inconclusive as far as i'm concerned it's an it's annoyingly uh just i don't i don't i don't have an answer i don't have the solution to this but what we do have is an acute awareness of the problem we have an acute awareness for the most part on a good day of ourselves and i think that actually there is a large part of this that has to come from us as the people on the ground as the teachers doing the work and Yes, I suppose, in part, it could be down to us to actually go to our senior leadership. And again, but this is not always straightforward, is it? Because sometimes they're not approachable. Sometimes it's not the person you want to want to kind of and it's not the subject you want to bring up. Um, Ooh, I stay. 72. Again, I often find that we as teachers are expected to be empathetic towards our students, but it's not always reciprocated. No, it isn't. You, you're absolutely right. Um, we and I, and again, this this goes back to what uh, what we talked what I talked about previously, which is we're we're teaching all these things ourselves, and we're modelling, we're modelling all these um, ways we should behave and should and should look after ourselves and all the rest of it. But and we demonstrate looking after other people so beautifully as teachers most of the time, and yet that doesn't come back our way it doesn't it's not it's it's not returned it's not shown back and i i think that that again yeah is is a huge part huge part of the of the issue but i think sort of to to conclude or at least for now uh, as much as we can i think that we do need to uh make sure that we are looking after ourselves and really you know if we do need that time of really do say to ourselves actually you know this is for me and am i going to be the best self for for my for my family and for my friends if i don't take this time off and i think people are getting better about it and i know that there are schools who are really really working on this um but i do think that and yeah, as I was saying, that it's it's very difficult sometimes to approach head teachers and deputy head teachers who maybe don't want to hear it, and they, you know, they're they they it might be a school that's in special measures, and actually they need all the staff they can get, and they they are not interested in whether you are a death door or not. They they need you in class. They need you doing your job. Yeah, I get that, but at the same time, they also have a duty of responsibility to you senior leadership are running schools there you know there are bosses and i do think that when that when these head teachers do get into these roles that that is part of the responsibility i'm afraid and maybe it is the case that some of them are sort of shirking that responsibility by not by not adhering to it by not looking after their staff by not looking after themselves either as as we talked about as well so i don't i don't know what what we do going forward but i think that We certainly need to keep it top of mind I think this will be a subject that I come back to that maybe other hosts will pick up on um I think that it's one to certainly keep in the back of our minds so we will leave that for now but uh what I will do um, as soon as this show is over, is that I will put the articles that I have spoken about in the show notes so you can read them yourself. I would definitely draw your attention to the Secret Teacher one, because it just it makes for the most shocking reading. And uh, actually, if you read some of the comments as as well, um they're kind of a, a mixed bag too sort of some that do really empathize with the situation and others who say well you know why why didn't you just say no but again it's saying no is not straightforward as as we know uh as teachers saying no walking away is is it's just not within us it's not who we are but uh anyway um so yeah i will post those up afterwards um I will let you know what i'm having for dinner this evening i'm actually after this show going to have my leftover i decided to give quinoa 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 i don't know another bash um, because the i go to fitness classes on thursday with a, a lovely friend of mine called philip and he was talking about some healthy recipes and he i sort of said oh you know i'm looking for some new ideas as i always am and uh he said oh i've got this great kind of you know way to cook quinoa I was like, no one likes quinoa no one actually likes it i'm convinced that no one likes it because it tastes like earth nobody wants to eat that and he said no, no no lucy cook it in stock cook it in stock and i guarantee you it'll taste much better so i thought i'd give this a whirl and i cooked it with a stock cube um and then i roasted some sweet potato uh cucumber tomato radish, rocket, feta, olives, so much in this salad. Um, And I had half yesterday, and I'm going to have half today, because I've made far too much, as I always do. So that's dinner for me this evening. Um, you can let me know on Twitter uh, at Lucy New, um, what you're having. And as always, keep in touch with me. I-, I love to hear from you. If you have any martyrdom stories to add to the collection, please do, because uh, I think they do make for some fascinating, horrifying, emotional reading. So that's that. Um, after me tonight, you've got Libby Isaac, and Libby, as I briefly touched on earlier, is going to be talking about lesson observations this evening. I'm very intrigued by by this show. So whether I listen to it this evening or catch up with it, I'm I'm definitely uh, looking forward to it. It's and she's going to be talking about um, what the benefits are from a teaching and learning point of view. And uh, I wonder if she'll get um, any stories. I mean. I'm sure there are many of us out there who've got the good, the bad, and the downright uh, sort of vomit on your toes, horror observations. Uh, I mean, we've all been through at least one or all of those scenarios. So I'm looking forward to to Libby's take on that. So I think that'll be a, a very interesting show to listen to. Uh, As for next week, um, I will let you know what I'm talking about when I come up with my next idea. But uh, if you've got anything that you'd like me to discuss or you think would be a good show topic, then do let me know. You can tweet me. Again, I'm always open for ideas, always ready to hear from you. But for now, that is it from me. Have a lovely rest of the evening and I will speak to you again next week.